the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to this 820 AM The Word broadcast special, Heart of the City. Pastors, ministry leaders, and churches have received a call to serve their communities with the love and compassion of Christ. The call is from God's heart to the heart of the city. This is Heart of the City. I'm Chuck Olmstead, the Director of Local Ministry Development for 820 AM The Word. I have a dear friend with me today that I love talking to. Her name's Rebecca Pratt, and she's the president and founder, along with her husband, of Orphan Relief and Rescue. And uh, I know our listeners have heard Rebecca before. And uh, Rebecca, welcome back to Heart of the City. Yeah, it's great to be here. You know, it's interesting, Rebecca, uh, as you know, this program uh, airs primarily at 9 o'clock on Sunday mornings on 820 AM, The Word. But we also air this program at other times uh, during the weekend on both uh, uh, 8.20 as well as our sister station. So there are times when I'm driving around town or I'm working uh, in my yard and I've got my headsets on and I I turn on the station and I hear this voice and I'm like, well, this is kind of (laughs) interesting. And then then I realize that it's an interview that I did with you maybe two years ago and I'm listening to my friend Rebecca sharing her stories and uh, it's always good because mm-hmm. when – and I don't get tired of hearing sometimes the same story because I don't think you get tired sharing the stories. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> about some of the amazing things the Lord has done uh, in your life. And uh, mm-hmm. you wrote a book a few years ago, ago called Inspired to Action, and we did a few uh, programs about it. And now – uh, you've got a, a new book that has come out, and it's called Inspired to Live an Extraordinary Life, and uh, even through uh, difficult circumstances yes. as a subtitle. And so we're going to talk about that today, but we're just going to share stories about how good and faithful our God is. Yes, love it. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, you know, let's just, for, for a moment, uh, for those that haven't heard who you are and what you do and who Orphan Relief and Rescue is, let's do the elevator pitch okay. here for a second and a minute or two and just talk about Orphan Relief and Rescue. Okay. Yeah, in 2007, my husband and I founded Orphan Relief and Rescue. We had worked on a hospital ship for two years with our three kids, and we were just support staff at that time. But we were seeing all of these kids off of the ship, and on weekends we would um, begin to help just hungry kids. You know, we just thought, well, we can surely feed hungry kids. And then it turned into more and more to where uh, once our two-year stint was up um, with that organization, we actually just couldn't sleep at night when we came back to America and we're in our comfortable beds and we started naming off kids who we felt like would die if we did not go back to help them. They were in such dire situations. So we, um, in 2007, put a team together, started the office in Liberia, West Africa, and then went on into Benin. And now it's just spiraled into 
anti-trafficking work in just a huge way and just seeing just horrible abuses stopped. And, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're just working with governments and crazy, amazing things are happening before our eyes in partnership with the Lord and with many of you listeners who have given um, to these different projects and to this work. And, yeah, we're just seeing the miraculous happen in front of us. Well, we've talked about this before, and when you wrote your first book, Inspired to Action, and uh, I don't say this in any way disparagingly, but you're just a normal person, right? Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) You're just a normal girl. Very. very. (laughs) But but, uh, you have, uh, God has chosen you, but you've also made yourself available to be used by the Lord in some really miraculous ways. Yes. And your first book talks about that, but you've kind of then extended on uh, with with some thoughts about uh, inspired to live an extraordinary life, and and I, I want to explore that a little bit more yeah. today, and, and talk about that. So, you know, uh, in your first uh, few chapters, you you talk about understanding who we are in Christ and and who you belong to. Let's let's mm-hmm. uh, develop that a little bit. Yeah, so the first book of Inspired to Action was really me learning how to, how do you give up your life for what God is asking you to do? Do I even want to give up my life? Do I want to say yes? Because the cost to me was great. And so that first book was really me wrestling through, and I bring you through my wrestle, through the stories of just, oh, do I really want to do this? Okay, okay, I'll do it. And then doing it and then seeing God just come through and do crazy things, uh, beautiful things. And each thing just built my faith more and more of, oh, this is what it's like to walk in partnership with the Lord. This is very cool. And people are <laughs> rescued and saved and brought to Jesus. And and so that was my painful experience of, of walking through giving up my life for the Lord. And then the secondary, I just... Um, Yeah, over these last, I'd say, 10 years in particular of our 13 years of Orphan Relief and Rescue, the last 10 years, God has just built upon that in just beautiful ways. And But people are always constantly asking me, like, you know, how do you hear, how do you know it's God when, you know, he's talking to you? How do you know, um, you know, that your prayers really affect change? How do you, you know, and all these different questions and and how do you give up your life like okay I read that in the first book but how do you physically walk through that um, in your mind and and so I really um, wanted to answer those questions in the second book and so inspired to live an extraordinary life as I just started writing the beautiful stories that God has done over these last particularly the 10 years and just story after story, I started realizing, you know, there's three themes that I have personally learned and that has gone very, very deep with me. The first one is that we have to know who we are in Christ, and we have to know the God that we serve, who we belong to. And when we can get those concepts, then it's not as difficult to say yes to this amazing God. And when we know what we were created for, it's even... um even I, I, I don't, I'm not going to say easy because nothing's easy, but it's um, it's more rewarding when we're following and after what we know God has asked us to do. And so that is the first four chapters is really just um, 
helping people understand, and I use these kids in Africa and their rescue stories to bring my point home of when these kids get it, when they start understanding who they are in Christ, and you know that they weren't destined for all these horrible things to happen. That is when the miraculous happens and the Holy Spirit comes in and transforms their life and they begin to understand who they are and who they belong to. And then this, do you want me to go on to the next themes um, <laughs> or not yet? Well, let, let's, let's kind of develop that a little okay. bit more because who are, who are we in Christ? Yeah. Let's, let's, yes. let's find, find yeah. out about that. Yeah, the very first thing is that we are God's child. We have been picked by the Lord to, um, to do these beautiful things, um, to transform the world. You know, in the first book, I talked a lot about when we say yes to the Lord, we're literally allowing God's perfect will to be accomplished through our life. And that is what we were created to do in partnership with the Lord. And it's part of being God's child. And so when we understand that we're his son, we're his daughter, we were chosen, we're forgiven, we're adopted into his family, and he paid the ultimate price for every sin, past, present, and future, and that he's got this beautiful plan for us. When we understand that, our whole shift of thinking starts to change. And then the second part is knowing who who we belong to. Understanding the character of God transforms our I guess, walking in faith part. For me, it was understanding that, you know what? God is trustworthy. He's proved himself over and over through these stories of faithfulness, and he is so trustworthy. And so when I know he's prompting my heart and I will step out in it, I know that this God that I serve has been faithful every single time he has asked me to do something and I've stepped out in it. So therefore, every time the, the following thing that he asks me, it's easier for me to say, okay, I, it's going to be painful to do it because nothing's ever easy when God asks you to do something. But I will do it because I trust the God who I serve. And, and really um, reading the scriptures and understanding the character of God was really the foundation of learning who God was and then testing the Lord. You know, they say you shouldn't test the Lord, but honestly, in my walk with the Lord, I've tested him a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and he has never, ever failed any of these tests that I have thrown at him. And it's literally the test for me is literally, okay, I feel that you're asking me to do this. I'll step out. I have nothing to offer but my hands, my feet, and my mouthpiece, but I'll do it. And if you don't come through, Lord, it's not going to happen. And I'm going to fall on my face. And every single time I see the faithfulness of the Lord come through, and usually it's not in how I expected it would happen, but it's always more beautiful than I expected it would mm-hmm. happen. And that's the stories that you're going to read about in this book. You know, I'm I'm listening with, with interest because I was uh, able to ask to, uh, to share at a, a church uh, a few weeks ago about prayer. And, and one of my first points was God is sovereign, mm-hmm. you know. So if God is sovereign, then what do we need to pray for, mm-hmm. right? If he can do it on his own. But but even though God is sovereign, he has chosen yes. to allow us to partner with him in, the, in his work mm-hmm. on this earth. 
Yes. And that he he's done he's done that in extraordinary ways in that uh, for example in in, in in even the birth of a child he's yes. he's allowed us to help create hmm. an eternal being. Yes. You know a, a a baby is has a spiritual life within them that that is hmm. an, an an eternal being and so even though God's sovereign he's shown us even the very in, 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 in procreation, that he is wanting to partner with us mm. in this in this uh, creative process, yes. and he also wants us to partner with him in all of these endeavors yes. these, that he wants to uh, his purposes here on earth. Yes, and and so he's chosen us to live this extraordinary life if yes. we're willing to partner with him in it. Yes. He wants that, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Yes. So tell me a couple of stories about about some of the children who who have uh, kind of gotten insight into mm. this God that we serve. Yeah, one story that um, I call it my our, our my favorite before and after like picture because we actually captured. We usually don't capture at the very beginning of the rescue because. We don't want to exploit the child. We don't want to show these pathetic, you know, pictures and, you know, pull on people's heartstrings because of that. We were very careful with that. But one of our staff took a picture of this little boy who his parents had died. Um, the social welfare office don't know the exact timing, but he had been on the streets alone for probably six months, kicked around. He couldn't speak, and he was just begging for food, and no relatives wanted to take him in. And so the social welfare office were alerted that there's a boy that's, you know, discarded by his community, and it's a very poor community, so nobody really had a lot of extra stuff, you know, food to bring in this child. And they were afraid of him as well because they weren't sure, was he cursed? You know, this is the voodoo capital of the world where this little boy was wandering, and so they were like, is he demon-possessed? What's, you know, what's with his... um, his eyes looked catatonic. Um, he just looked like he was um, the walking dead. And so social welfare office did an investigation and found out, you know, his parents had died. No relative wants him because they can't afford to keep another child. And so they called us and they said, if you can help us with this child, he will live. If you cannot help us with this child, he will die because we don't have the resources to help him. And you're really our last resort. So we went in and we just put him in a temporary foster home to start and we took him to the doctor and he had under his tongue, it was um, what we call in America tongue tied, where it just was too much skin under his tongue so it didn't have free movement of his tongue. So the doctor said, if I just snip this, he will have free movement and he'll be able to start talking. He can learn to talk. And this little boy is about five years old. Nobody knew how old he was, but he was around five. So, yeah, we were like, yes, please snip his, you know, extra skin, you know. Uh And so he did that. And within, I would say, a couple weeks, he started talking. And so in three months, I went to visit um, because I had come back to America from them and and then came back um, to Benin. And looking at this little boy, I honestly – looked at him and I was like, which boy is this? Have I even met this boy? And they said, yes, Rebecca, he's the boy we, you know, and they named off his name, um, which we're we're calling him Albert to protect his identity. It's not his real name. But um, I said, 
they said, this is Albert, who we rescued, you know, three months ago. And he was the one wandering in the streets and, and really was going to die. And I kept staring at him because he did not look like the same boy. His eyes were bright and full of life. And the foster mom said that she wanted to raise him because he was such a sweet, adorable child. And she wanted to raise him to be a man, a healthy man, um, as he grows up. And, and I literally looked at him and thought, this is our God. This is the transforming love of the Holy Spirit that comes in and transforms these kids' lives. And sure, we do what we can physically. You know, he's given a, a good foster mom and proper care and, and food. And his doctor, you know, clipped his extra skin so he could have free talking. But just the love that God bestowed on him is the love that God bestows on each of us. And as Albert understood how loved he was and cared for, his whole world changed. And it's the same thing that God does for us. When we get how much God loves us and how for us he is, everything in our life begins to change. And we see things through different eyes. Albert Mm -hmm. is a different child. He's the top of his class in school. He sings. He dances. He is a different boy because of love. And now, obviously, he has Jesus in his life, <laughs> and he knows all about Jesus. But um, but we are the tangible expression of Jesus in the children's lives and the lives of those in front of us who, who need a touch from Jesus. And then God, through that, shows us the parallel of him loving us. And it's just, yeah, we just serve an incredible God. Well, I know in our previous discussions, you've talked about rescuing, restoring, and redeeming. And that's a perfect story of that, isn't it? Yes. That you helped rescue him. Yes. And then the restoration, to Mm -hmm. see that in the matter of three months in a young life. Shocking. uh, It is shocking. Yeah. And and certainly reveals how much God wants to have us partner with him in this process, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah, it just took the human conduit, like you had said in the beginning, the human conduit to accomplish God's perfect will. And it took somebody, and it just happened to be us, to say, yes, we're not going to let this little boy die. We're going to do whatever we can. And and so we put into motions practically what we knew God was asking us to do. And then God, by his spirit, comes in and does the transformation. Yeah. Well, you know, it seems like a trite statement, but it really is true. We are... God's hands and feet, aren't we? Yes, we are. We're, we're that uh, physical expression of what yeah. God wants to do. Yes. You know, yes. With, in some of these young lives. Yes. You know, I'm thinking, Rebecca, and, and definitely, you know, we've just started to scratch the surface, so I'm kind of letting you know. <laughs> we're going to do a part two on this, okay. uh, so so just so you know how we're going to progress forward. But, you know, I'm thinking right now of people who are listening to this, and, and I'm going back to the beginning of, of our conversation today, that I think sometimes people might be afraid. When you talk about uh, hearing God's voice mm-hmm. and and what he's done in your own personal life, yeah. that somehow somebody may think, well, though, so the pattern is if I hear God's voice, he's going to make me go to Africa, mm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just like he did with Rebecca. Yeah. And and that's not really very true, accurate, isn't it? No, it's I not mean, true. How, how, when someone says that to you or thinks that, how would you respond to that? What would you say to them? 
Yeah, we have such a compassionate, gracious God, and he's not going to force us to do anything. But he does, he has created us, and he knows what's going to make us come alive. He knows what's going to utilize our giftings in the greatest ways because he's given us those giftings. So for me, Africa wasn't on my bucket list ever, and and it's, uh, it's still not on my bucket list for different parts of Africa. But God does baby steps with us. So for me, it started here in America. And I had come to a place in my life where I, it's in my first book, where I'd gone through depression. I couldn't get out of bed for almost three months. I had just lots of personal tragedy. My mom um, was terminally ill. I had to take care of her all summer. My husband had dengue fever, had contracted a, um, it was a, um, disease from Nicaragua from a mosquito bite and he was on his deathbed and so it was just um trauma but I made a decision I'm going to do whatever God asks of me from here on out whatever God prompts my heart to do I'm going to say yes and that was the beginning and and it was just basically praying for somebody to have a baby who I knew couldn't have a baby and miraculously within three months she got pregnant had a baby after being infertile for 10 years and seeing God do those little things that he built upon. And then things got bigger and bigger and bigger of what he asked until all of a sudden, one day, (laughs) I'm in Africa and God is prompting our hearts to do these other things. And um, yeah, there's the whole story obviously is in the Inspired to Action book. And then the Inspired to Live an Extraordinary Life is just the follow through of saying yes to the Lord. Well, we've got about three minutes left, and I do want to get to this, the other two parts in, in the next program. But, you know, you've used the term, you know, hearing the voice of God. Yes. And, you've, you you know, God was speaking to you, and so then you were obedient. What, is, what does that feel like? What is that? How mm. do you know that that's God? How do you know yeah. that that's not just your own thinking going on? Yeah, so it's, you know, for me, it's it's this feeling that won't go away. Usually God wakes me up in the middle of the night and there's some feeling that I can't shake or it's a um, butterflies in my stomach that I just feel like I'm to do something. And if I say no, I might be even physically sick over it if I say no. Um, So yeah, we can go into more of that in the second show because Mm -hmm. I literally have um, written a chapter on that in this book, Inspired to Live an Extraordinary Life that um, goes into more detail of how exactly you hear from the Lord and how do you know it's God. Yeah, because uh, sometimes he may be just inspiring you to pray. Yes. And then other times he may be uh, asking you to pray and then maybe do something else along with that. Yes. So we'll talk about that in program two. So so, um, the two books, Inspired to Action and then... um, Inspired to Live an Extraordinary Life. How can we get a hold of either one of those books? What, yeah, how can we... Amazon.com has it. And um, right now that's the only platform at this moment where you can get it, unless you have me come and do a book signing at your church, which is <laughs> Corona time. So who knows how that will look. Uh-huh. But yeah. Yeah, so that's uh, that's how you can do And then also, uh, if you want to know more about Orphan Relief and Rescue, 
uh, you can always go to orphanreliefandrescue.org. Yes. And I know that by my memory. Yes. And uh, so that'll be good. Well, Rebecca, we've got one minute left. So uh, just wrap it up for us as far as the thoughts that we've had today. Yeah, just knowing that as we put our ordinary life in the hands of an extraordinary God, he will do incredible, extraordinary things through our life because that's the God that we serve. And even when we're going through difficult circumstances, that is not contingent on God doing the extraordinary through our lives. Well, if if you want to get a hold of Rebecca, uh, obviously uh, we're not going to give out her phone number, but uh, you can go to Orphan Relief and Rescue, and I'm sure there's some contact information how you can learn more about um, if if she can come and speak at your church, if your church is uh, uh, open right now, uh, she can come and do that uh, if that's possible, or obviously you can read the book and contact her through email as well. Rebecca, I want to thank you for joining me today on Heart of the City. Thank uh, you. This, this podcast uh, is also available on thewordseattle.com. You can click on local programs, <clears throat> click on my smiling face, <laughs> and uh, all the podcasts uh, from Heart of the City are there. So God bless you, and uh, we're looking forward to part two next week. Yes, thank you. You've been listening to this 820 AM, the word special heart of the city. For more information on how your pastor or your ministry can be featured on 820 AM, the word, call Chuck Olmstead, 206-269-6216, or go to thewordseattle.com.